Welcome to the Wired for Success podcast, your show for ambitious, mission-driven entrepreneurs who want to build million-dollar businesses without sacrificing their health, relationships, or happiness, who understand that in order to build their empire, they need a solid foundation, and that the more they are thriving, the more their business is thriving too. This show brings you the very best from science, self-development, and entrepreneurship to set you up for sustainable success. Hi, I'm Claudia Garbett, the scientist turned mindset and high performance coach for entrepreneurs, and I help you get wired for success. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Wired for Success podcast, where we talk about all things science, self-development and entrepreneurship that help you get to that next level of success in your life and business. And today I'm thrilled to bring you a new Leaders and Readers Wired for Success book club feature. For those of you who might be new to this segment of the show, here is what this is all about. So the Leaders or Readers Wired for Success book club is dedicated to introducing you to the best books from the science, self-development and entrepreneurship categories that help you get wired for success. And I invite top scientists, thought leaders and super successful entrepreneurs to discuss their latest books so that we can explore new ideas and proven frameworks together. So let's dive right in and welcome today's featured author. My guest today is speaker, coach, and author of The Sultan's Seven Secrets, Jeff Buhner. 28 years ago, Jeff came across the writings of potentially the richest man to ever walk this earth, Sultan Musa of Mali. And the Sultan could not talk openly about how he had learned the secrets. So he embedded the principles of his success in a fairy tale, which was so compelling that centuries later, nearly everyone in the entire world is familiar with it. And when Jeff applied the secrets to his own life, he went from a $60,000 a year concrete guy to making hundreds of thousands a month in a new business that just dropped into his lap. And over the past 28 years, Jeff has successfully mentored and coached countless others to speak this all-important language that changes everything. When you learn to speak what he calls the language of the gods, you can drastically improve your sales, success, fitness, relationships, and anything else you desire. And that's what Jeff's book is all about. And I'm excited to discuss it with him today. So welcome, Jeff. And thank you so much for taking the time to be on my show today. Thank you, Claudia. It's great to be here. This is going to be fun. So I have to be honest, this book is a little bit unlike some of the other books that I have featured on the show so far, because it's so much more spiritual. And as a scientist, I'm more of a skeptical person and I often find spiritual concepts challenging. But I'm also a firm believer in keeping an open mind and having honest conversations. And as a coach, I, I know that different approaches work for different people and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a reflection of how someone's mind and brain are wired, right? So as they say, all roads lead to Rome, right? Right. What I find so fascinating is that you can choose all those different paths and still arrive at the same conclusions and the same principles. And that's something that we can talk about later on. But before we do, I want to hear about this special story that you encountered almost 30 years ago. So tell us about the fairy tale that changed your life. 
Well, I'm a born skeptic too, and I'm skeptic of religion. Yeah. But I started studying near-death experiences. This is a long time ago, 28 years ago. They fascinated me, and for whatever reason, they kind of comforted me. I didn't believe every one of them, but I thought, wouldn't it be nice if that's the way it was? But then I came across one that was written in the 1300s. And it was written by this man who's in history. People know about him. And it fascinated me. And as I read his writings, uh, he had a near-death experience at the age of 12. And he had been born into, not necessarily born into, but his father died at a very young age when he was young. And that condemned him to unbelievable poverty. And so it was in this state of poverty, and he was a little thief. He had to steal food just to stay alive. He partnered up with an older thief who ended up trying to kill him rather than split the goods with him. And during this experience, he had a near-death experience in which he met a man made of light and love who taught him how the world works, how human creation works. Claudia, as I read this, there's something in there called the language of the gods, but there's a formula for how creation works. And I couldn't believe my eyes as I read this. There it was right in front of me, the answer to my situation, because I was a concrete contractor, as you mentioned, I was working every waking hour. I couldn't work in another hour. It was impossible physically. And yet, I wasn't achieving my dreams. I was barely taking care of my family, but not in the way I wanted to. And here's this formula and this language that basically Sultan Musa of Mali, who after this experience became the richest man to ever walk the earth, uh, there it was, and I thought, if I try this and it doesn't work, I'm going to be so disappointed that I almost didn't even dare try it. It took weeks before I actually tried to speak this language of the gods that Sultan Musa of Mali said, when you speak this language, the world obeys your commands. Mm. Wow. Can you imagine reading that and then thinking, Okay, let's try it out. But then, honestly, I was terrified. I knew the second I read it, I knew it was true. It just, it, it made so much sense when I read it and the explanation for how it works. I, I knew it was true, but I didn't dare try. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I can totally relate to that. I mean, we all hear exciting stories every now and then but they really change our lives why was this story so different what did this story make you realize or shift inside of you and how did this translate into new results well oh in so many ways but i'm <laughs> gonna boil it down to this language of the gods because there are so many avenues to talk about uh 
from Sultan Musa of Mali's writings. The language of the gods is a way that you're already speaking it, so you know how to speak it. But I've got to go into the explanation a little bit. Sultan Musa of Mali, when he had this near-death experience, learned some things. First of all, he learned that he had two bodies, a spirit body and a physical body. Now, his physical body was dead back in the cave that the older thief locked him in and left him in. But he realized that, you know, he's still alive. And he meets this man made of light who teaches him that that spirit body is a very real thing made of real material, far superior to what his physical body is made out of. And that it is a literal child of God. It's immortal. It can never die. And he learns that he has two minds, not just two bodies. He has a conscious mind. And then he has what Musa called the veiled mind. But we know about this mind. We call it the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. But as you read, the subconscious mind is absolutely in control of your life. It's the mechanism that steers your life. And so it does it based on what it believes to be true about you. So mm -hmm. we have subconscious beliefs. Whatever it believes about you, Claudia, is the way it's going to be. So now, true. some of the things it believes about you are really great, but there's some things you don't like about your life. And those things are probably not going to change until you change that subconscious belief. But here's the thing. In his writings, he tells you exactly how to do it. So... Your subconscious mind, and by the way, I finally got up the courage to start playing around with speaking this language. <laughs> and almost instantly, I noticed weird little coincidences popping up. And after a while, I had to be honest and just admit, I'm doing that. I mean, mm -hmm. those things are happening. They weren't happening before. And now they are, and they line up perfectly with this language I've been speaking. That's so interesting. <laughs> well, at that point, I went nuts on it. I mean, I was using it for other things just to see, but then I applied it to, you know, my real life and the things I wanted to change. And when I tell people that within a year, I went from being a concrete guy making about 60 grand a year to making hundreds of thousands a month. <laughs> in a business that I was really good at, that I it was right down my alley. And it just came to me from out there. All the contacts came to me from out there, the knowledge. And from that moment on, life was fun. Because everything you want is out there already. It's already out there. You just need to get your subconscious mind to bring it to you. And it can. It has access to it. So I'm, yeah. I don't want to go too far down a, you know, a road, but let's go back to my story a little bit because this language of the gods, when you speak it, you're basically telling your subconscious mind, you're commanding it in the language it listens to 
responds to and obeys. It never ignores this language. It doesn't sometimes obey it. It always obeys it every time. <laughs> so you want to learn this language? Yeah, let's explore the, the metaphor of Aladdin and the magic lamp a little closer because that's what okay, you talk so about. This is another interesting thing. As I read Sultan Musa of Mali's writings, I realized he wrote that fairy tale, Aladdin mm. and the Magic Lamp. He's the author of it. And Antoine Gallant was honest about this. He never said he wrote the fairy tale. He just translated it from ancient Arabic texts. Right. So... And the. Now, I'll just keep going. The, the fairy tale, the reason he wrote the fairy tale, he wrote extensively. I mean, he wrote like crazy, but he protected what he wrote a little bit because he had to. Sultans can get in a lot of trouble if they start sounding crazy, just like everybody else. Right. So he wrote the fairy tale. Now, there are four main elements of the fairy tale that all just reveal right now. Aladdin represents your conscious mind, that part of you that you think of as you. But you're a lot more complex than that. The all-powerful genie that can get you anything you want represents your subconscious mind, this mechanism that controls your life. But the lamp the lamp is the thing that is really valuable. It changes everything for Aladdin, right? He mm -hmm. goes from poverty-stricken street urchin to unbelievably wealthy merchant and then sultan of the whole kingdom because he has this lamp. The lamp represents this language of the gods, but it's more than that. It represents the knowledge or the learning of it, the, the understanding of how you work. Mm -hmm. These two minds, how they work together, and how the conscious mind can seize control of life and your future by communicating to your subconscious mind in a way that it obeys. So you now can tell the mechanism that steers your life where to take you and that is so powerful because oh, the problem i mean the problem is that those two parts of your mind they don't speak the same language right that's the big problem you have to figure out how to communicate uh with your subconscious mind so can you maybe explain those different languages to our listeners when i meet with somebody new and I start explaining this, they usually come to me because they have serious problems. Uh, I get a lot of people who are on the verge of committing suicide. They've told someone they're going to commit suicide, so they get referred to me in some cases. Well, I have to start with giving this person hope that mm -hmm. they can take control of their life, and it doesn't take me long. Just tell that story, and they start thinking, Really, Jeff, you better not be kidding me. I'm going to wring your neck, you know. But I assure them that that's the way it works. And then I teach them how to speak this language of the gods. But before I do, they almost always say the same thing. 
Jeff, there's no way that my subconscious mind doesn't know how miserable I am, that it doesn't know that I don't want to be poor or that I don't want to have these problems with my wife or my kids or fill in the blank, you know? But then when I teach them the language of the gods, they see immediately that they have been telling their subconscious mind that they're poor, that they have been telling it that they don't do well with people. Because you're speaking this language right now. You just are not fully aware of what you're telling your subconscious mind. But as soon as I tell you the language it speaks, the language it obeys, it's going to be such an epiphany because you just go, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I've been doing. And those are exactly the results I've been getting. Okay. Yeah. Spill the beans. <laughs> All right. Here comes the beans. The language of the gods is not what comes out of your mouth. Your subconscious mind couldn't care less about your words. It, it knows what you're saying. It's totally aware of it, but it's not programmed by your words and it doesn't obey your words. It also doesn't obey your thoughts. The thoughts you think, again, it's totally aware. It participates in that, but it's not programmed by your thoughts. It listens to and responds to a much more primitive mechanism and it's feelings. Feelings is the language of the gods. Now I'm going to bring in another element in a minute, but let's focus on this for a sec. You tell your subconscious mind literally what to believe about you by the feelings you send to it moment by moment and day by day. It believes these feelings. It never doubts your feelings, ever. So if you're feeling bad about your financial situation, your subconscious mind believes that you're supposed to have a bad financial situation. And there are all kinds of positive reasons for why this works. You learn from experience, good and bad. You learn from being poor. You learn things that you don't learn when you're wealthy. So, but nevertheless, it believes your feelings and keeps your life congruent with your predominant feelings. It literally makes true in your physical realm whatever it believes about you. It's the self-fulfilling prophecies, right? <laughs> Feelings are a self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. So you can see it so clearly, Claudia, in other people. But it's harder <laughs> to see in yourself. It you, is. <laughs> yeah, you know people who don't get along with others. And you can just tell them, yeah, because when they come in the room and there you're sitting all sullen and angry and they say hi to you and you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> of course, they don't want to be around you. They don't go out of their way to hang with you. You don't have a lot of friends because of how you act, but you act on your feelings. So everything, you know, things you want to get done, Claudia, they get done because you feel like doing them. And if there's something you really don't feel like doing, that stays on your to-do list day after day after day, 
you, you know, you never get to it until it becomes an emergency. And then you feel like taking that emergency off your list. So feelings direct your life. Absolutely. When, when you read Sultan Musa Mali's writings, it's all about becoming a master of your feelings. That's okay. state control. State control. Learning to control your internal states, right? Right. This, this is so important. And I think miscommunication be between the conscious and the subconscious mind is one of the most common problems people encounter. I see that all the time, especially with ambitious and mission-driven high achievers. They often believe that all they need is discipline and dedication. And often this combination will get them pretty far because they're willing to sacrifice a lot to achieve their goals. But at some point, many of them will hit this glass ceiling and feel like they can't possibly grow any further without burning out. Because when their conscious and their subconscious minds are not aligned, they constantly have to overcome this inner resistance. And this is incredibly draining, right? And yes. that's, that's why it so often leads to either self-sabotage or burnout because you're constantly fighting those internal battles and it just consumes all of your energy. And it, it never ceases to amaze me um, how powerful your subconscious mind really is. I mean, according to scientists like Dr. Bruce Lipton, it's a million times more powerful than your conscious mind and controls up to 95 to or even 99% of your life. And I recently heard this story that I absolutely loved about um, elephants in India that are held only by a small rope tied to their front leg. And those are grown elephants that are strong enough to easily break free and take down that post or tree that they're tied right. to. But they don't. And do you know why? Yes. <laughs> because when they were very young, they were tied to a post or tree with those small ropes and it was enough to hold them. And then they tried to break free again and again, but they couldn't. And that's how they got conditioned to believe that trying to escape is futile. And even when they are grown up and they could easily break free, they don't try to escape. They are not chained to the tree by the rope. They are chained to the tree by their conditioning. <laughs> and the same holds true for us humans, right? We often cling oh. to past beliefs and to patterns that aren't serving us anymore. And some of those deep-rooted beliefs can be pretty hard to overcome. Now, Claudia, you are dead on. I mean, <laughs> we, from the time you were little, you were trained to be you. Yeah. But you is just an invented role. That's all it is. You're just playing the role of Claudia. And other people pushed you into that role. And, you know, you went to school and right off the bat, you realized, oh, I should wear my hair a certain way to fit in. The, the popular girls wear their hair like that, not like I wore it. So next day, guess what? You wore your hair like that. Same with clothes. Same with the way you learn to talk and express yourself. And you learn to stay away from certain topics. You don't talk about that. That will get you some social punishment. You've been trained like a little robot to be you. And you are you and you're going to stay you until you learn to take control of this system. 
that you're the adult now. You should take control of it. And when you talked about people, they don't know how to talk to their subconscious minds. You, They do know how. I mean, they're not aware of how. So they go to therapy to get some help, right? And what does the therapist do? Tell me about these deep problems. Sad, you know, and problems and what happened to you when you were a little boy of 10 years old. Tell me about that. So you relive it. And what are you doing? You're conjuring up all of these feelings that you don't like. But your subconscious mind is hearing them and believing them and keeping your life in alignment with them. So when I have people come to me, they start telling me their sad story and I let them go for about five minutes before I thank them for giving me a flavor of their life. And then I tell them, I never want to hear that story again. And I don't want you to ever hear it again. We're going to come up with a new story, a new vision for who you are and what you're going to do in life that will, when you focus on that vision, it makes you feel great. Yeah. And then what? They're self-fulfilling prophecies. So people who are out there trying to figure it out on their own and just trying to, you know, grind it out every day and work harder and harder and put in more time and more energy and plan and strategize. How do you feel when you're doing that? Drained. Drained. <laughs> and like you have to come up with it. Mm -hmm. All you have to come up with, Claudia, and I can prove this is true from hundreds, if not thousands of people, their experiences and mine, you have a vision. Come up with is the vision. The vision. Feel great. Your yeah. subconscious mind is connected to everything in the universe. It's connected to everyone else's subconscious mind. It's connected, literally, if you believe these writings, to God. And the power of all wisdom, all knowledge, it has all that. It can go get anything. It already knows what million dollar idea would work for you. But it's not going to tell the conscious mind until you speak to it in the language it obeys. Then it tells you like that, like quick. It won't withhold anything once you're communicating in the language of feelings. But here's the element I'm going to throw in. Let's say you know this and you believe it. So you determine, okay. I'm going to build a vision of my life that makes me feel great. And I'm going to change how I feel about my financial life, my career opportunities, my relationship, my marriage, my relationships with my kids and family members and the way I treat other people. I'm going to change it all by changing my feelings. Well, you run into an opponent, opposition. Yeah. An adversary, if you will. Absolutely. That's reality itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's so it's so hard sometimes um, to believe that a new reality is actually possible uh, for you. That's what so many people struggle with, right? Right. <laughs> you can believe that other people have something good happen and it changes their life, right? You see it all the time. True. But you can't believe that that could happen to you. And yet it can, and it can happen so fast. It could make your head spin. 
<laughs> but how often did you encounter self-doubt and frustration in those early stages of your transformation? And what did you do to overcome it? What helped you believe in a new reality before you saw actual results? Well, in the book, I tell a story of a coincidence. And I talk a lot about coincidences, and I always put them in air marks, quotation marks, coincidences. Once you learn to create coincidences and you spot them, I teach people how to become a coincidence hunter. Look for them, spot them, because when you realize, oh man, I am doing this. I did cause people to treat me differently. I, I did cause that little event. Your confidence goes through the roof. But before that happens, you already know logically when you read this book, you're going to know, oh, yeah, that's that's how it is. That's how it works. I should have seen this a long time ago. And you're going to see how the constant triggers that you're bombarded with from your physical reality make you feel a certain way. And that is what has dictated your life. Reality has dictated your life. You've responded to every little thing that's happened one way or another. You felt a certain way about, you know, what your mother said to you when you were 14. And this has led you to be who you are. All these millions and millions of triggers that come from reality. Once you realize that you're in control of this whole process, you can control reality like that but not by focusing on reality. To change physical realities without changing spirit realities is ineffectual and it's frustrating. Mm. But as soon as you take charge of your spirit, let's just call that your vision, your spirit world, the way you choose to see your life, your, the way you choose to see yourself interacting with others, the way you choose to see your marriage. When you take control of that and just do it, no matter what's going on in reality, in the face of reality, you choose to see it the way you want it, in a way that matches the life you want, you will instantly feel a portion of the real feelings that having a life like that would give you. Well, your subconscious mind, here's your feelings. And you may, you know, hey, I'm just pretending I'm make-believing and it's not real. But what about <laughs> yes. the feeling? What about the feelings you're generating? Are those real? Absolutely. Absolutely. And your subconscious mind hears and believes your feelings. Mm -hmm. So look how simple this is. I know, and I've seen it. I've seen it work great. I mean, I I actually created a vision board at the beginning of the year, and one of the things that I put up there was um, paid speaking engagements and podcasting. And you know what? The very next day, I had an invitation to give a <laughs> um, to to give a talk at a conference. It was like, where did this come from? <laughs> I had almost the exact same experience when we were paying for Facebook ads and getting our audience that way. It was very expensive. And then it put pressure on me. I had to sell out of this $80,000 a month hole before we started making any money. 
And so I did what I know how to do. I played the game that changes everything. And this game is just a way to feed the right feelings to your subconscious. The very next day, after having done that for less than five minutes before I went to bed, same thing. I got an invitation to come to a, to give a speech in front of the NFL awards uh, party. That happened the next day. I got the invitation. That's so cool. when I tell people, look, everything you want is out there. Your subconscious mind has access to all of it. And all you need to do is command it. Use your magic lamp. Command it in the language it responds to, and it'll go get it. And don't doubt that for one minute. It will happen. I but let's go <laughs> ahead, and then we'll come back to this adversary reality and how you deal with it. Right. Because one of the things that I think is tricky when people try to transform their lives in this way is to focus on the outcomes that you want to achieve without yeah. A, doing it from a place of longing and lack, and B, without getting too attached and trying to force the outcomes. Now, can you speak to why those two things are so important and how to get them right? Yes, because when you're trying to force your physical reality to change, there's something about it you really don't like. Maybe you're even in panic mode over your yeah. finances or your marriage, it's about to implode and fall apart. How are you feeling? When you're focused on a big problem, you feel all of it. You feel that problem. Well, think about, think about the equation we talked about. That doesn't solve it. The way to solve the problem is to let go of your tight little grip on reality just a little bit. I'm not saying totally, but let go of the importance and the value that you place on what's going on in your reality. Because what you don't need is a big dose of reality therapy. You get that every day. What you need is a giant mega dose of make-believe therapy. You need to let go of that just for minutes a day. But increase the time you do this and start just imagining the outcome you'd like to have to the point where you can really see it and feel it. And when you feel it, you're creating out of whole cloth feelings that you haven't been sending to your subconscious mind. You're, you're creating, using your power to create new feelings that are positive and exciting and happy. But your subconscious mind doesn't care how you generate feelings. It just hears them believes them, and then makes it true in your physical realm over time. Right. So I think what a lot of people struggle with is going from pretending to embodying. Because when your conscious and your subconscious mind are aligned and you are approaching your goals from this mindset of abundance and faith, you start to embody your goals, which means that you can take inspired action without having to overcome all this inner resistance. Right. And it doesn't feel like you're pretending any longer, right? So I think that's that's kind of like the secret sauce to making it happen. One of the very first things I learned by reading 
the Sultan Musaf Mali's uh, writings, especially the second parchment. Pretending, we think of pretending as, oh, you're a pretender. Oh, you're just pretending. Fake it till you make it. You're faking it. Hey, just be you, right? We don't value pretending. Pretending is your superpower. It's how everything gets done. It's how everything has been created. Your ability to imagine and pretend is how you've learned everything that you've learned. It is your superpower. And here's a fact. As a little child, you were an absolute pro at pretending, and it was unbelievably powerful. In fact, during those hours of childhood play, a whole bunch of your subconscious beliefs, your core beliefs, were set. And a lot of who you are and what you value comes from those hours of play. But well-meaning people like your parents, teachers, uh, Sunday school teacher, they all needed you to fit into their program. And your subconscious mind stood in the way of that. So you were actually scolded and even punished until you stopped using it. You couldn't be pretending and looking out the window and lost in a daydream at school. Your teacher wouldn't allow that. She'd snap her fingers or hit your desk with the ruler and say, Claudia, back to earth. Come on, focus, focus on your homework. Well, you did. Eventually, you learned to focus on your homework and your job and the chores around the house. And those things created specific feelings that your subconscious mind heard, believed, and then it created a real world life for you to match those feelings. And that's what you have. I think to me, pretending feels more like you're doing something without feeling it. I think that's where the difference oh. is in my mind, because you pretend to be happy, but you don't feel happy. That's what I mean when I talk about embodying. You have to really feel it. You don't just have to take sure. the actions. You, yeah. already, you also have to feel them, right? A few minutes ago, you used a word longing. Yeah. So there is a giant difference between pretending and longing. Mm -hmm. Pretending is when you get lost in a daydream to the point where you're there. You can see the palm trees and the ocean all around you, and you feel what it's like to actually be there. And that makes you feel good. Longing, on the other hand, is thinking about the things you want and even thinking about other people who have those things, but not believing that you can have them. So it's a step before reaching pretending, but longing if you stay there and that's as far as you get and you start judging your vision by reality, oh, that could never happen. How could that ever possibly you know, happen for me in my situation? I just don't see that working. As soon as you start doing that, you cut real pretending, real make-believe off at the knees, and you're just longing. Longing is a negative emotion. It makes you feel bad. It will keep your dreams just out of reach if you stay in longing. So true. But if you go one step further and go back to when you were a little child and get lost in a world of make-believe where you're there, you're feeling it, you're seeing it, you're in a castle, you're running around, you're the princess, this castle is yours. 
That's different from just, well, where it's different is you're not allowing reality to come in and molest your dream. You're not even letting it touch it. It's just, you're doing it for fun. And this is part of the equation. If you try to do this, to force reality to change, you're focused on reality and it wins. It's winning because now it's making you feel bad. You want something you don't have. It doesn't feel great. But as soon as you move your focus from reality, the physical world you're dealing with, and you put it on your dream world, and you start staying, spending more and more time in that dream world, and feeling the feelings that your big, beautiful dreams generate, you start to win this game. That There's really nothing reality can do to not change if you stay in that realm. Because uh, just like your physical body, and this is maybe a good analogy, your spirit body is the thing that animates your physical body. And we know this if you look at death. What happens at death? Well, if your physical body becomes uninhabitable or uninhabitable due to injury or disease, your spirit body will just pop out of it. And this happened to me at 18 at a rodeo. I died and popped out of my body. Okay. So I know this part is true. And I was still very much alive, still very concerned about how my mother would feel when she found out that I died because she never wanted me to rodeo. Uh, I was worried about they'll never find the keys to the truck because I hit them. How are they going to get the truck home? You know, things I was still very conscious of everything. And I was concerned about, okay, now what? Where do I go? Am I supposed to have a guide or see somebody? Then I popped back into my body before I saw anybody, but I got, the, I know that your spirit and physical bodies are two separate things. And it's the spirit body that has the life, the power. It's the, it's you. It has the consciousness. The physical body has nothing. If the spirit pops out, it's just a worthless lump of tissue and it starts to decompose immediately. That's comforting. <laughs> well, it is because you are the spirit part. You're just yeah. manipulating your body. You're making it move. But Claudia, you can do the same thing with your whole life. Your spirit has the power. It has the life. It can build spiritually out of real spirit material. Now, this gets into chapter five of my book, which it's better if you read one through four before you hit five. But with the power of your imagination and strong human emotion that you can generate with your imagination, you have the ability to manipulate and orchestrate real spirit material into real spirit things. And when you do this, think of an architect or a musician. When you do this, you've created something that has life. It's made out of spirit material, not physical material yet. So it has life. All of the molecules have life. I know I'm getting into you know, a little deeper than I wanted to, but this is so fun because here's where the power is. When you create a spirit formation with the power of your imagination and your emotions, 
it has life and it now wants a physical embodiment and it will start exerting very real gravitational or magnetic force upon the world to become real quote unquote in the physical realm it literally your dreams will start if you create them big enough and you commit to them they will start bossing you around in other words your subconscious mind will start telling you what to do to have them become real so it's like you're creating a mold in your uh, in your spiritual in your spirit body and then the reality fills that <laughs> if you've studied okay. physics you know and you're right on you know that nothing is solid like even this chair i'm sitting on it's made up of millions of tiny molecules that are uh they're individual but they're vibrating on a certain frequency and they have a positive and a negative charge so they stick together magnetically everything is magnetics and gravitational force well if you create a dream and it, you do it with some consistency and a little bit of, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, intensity, mm -hmm. at some point it becomes permanent. So the spirit molecules that you build this out of, and if I'm going too far on this, just read my book and this will be totally understandable once you read chapters one through four. But when you create a dream that, that has life, the spirit molecules are adhering together the same way physical molecules do, magnetically. And you control that. Well, once you have a spirit form, it starts to attract magnetically the physical molecules to it. Now, I know I've already gone too far, so I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> But when you realize that this is how you've created your life, and when you read the book, you'll be able to see it so clearly. You'll be like, oh, yeah, no kidding. So I, I absolutely did that. And now you know how you did it. This is why the secret didn't work for people. She had exactly half the truth. Hmm. So people got all excited and realized I should focus on my dreams, the things I want, the things that make me happy. And that makes me feel good. But they didn't know why it was so important to feel good. What's happening to those feelings? They didn't, she didn't talk about your subconscious mind. Here's your feelings, believes them, then makes it real in the physical realm. So they're stuck with just, I should feel good, but here comes reality knocking. It taps you on the shoulder and Hey, get your head out of the clouds. You got real bills to pay here. Someone just hit your car. Your yeah. child broke his arm. All right. Well, all your good feelings just evaporated because you didn't have the second half of the equation. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the secret because they focus too much on wishful thinking and yeah. they also don't focus on taking aligned action. It's basically just sit <laughs> with your positive thoughts. <laughs> right. That's it. You created a generation of people who were lying on the couch with their eyes shut really hard, trying to force <laughs> reality to change. And it doesn't work that way. 
Exactly. And what I love about your book is that it provides this simple yet really powerful framework for transforming your life by leveraging the power of the subconscious mind. And that's what I meant in the beginning when I said that all roads lead to Rome and different approaches converge on the same ideas and principles. Because as a coach, I have seen this misalignment and miscommunication between the conscious and the subconscious mind. I've seen that a lot. And I've also seen how resolving those subconscious blocks can create amazing results fast. And I agree that shifting um, shifting your feelings toward the things that you want to achieve is key to creating that transformation. That's actually something I help my clients do as well. So it was super fascinating to hear your insights today. So last but not least, what's the best way for people to buy your book and connect with you online? I could tell you the story of, I tried to retire two years ago and I knew I could not until I had shared what had been such a blessing in my life with millions of other people. So I wrote the book, The Sultan's Seven Secrets. And I'm giving that book out as fast as I can. And you can go download this book, a digital version of the book right now. It will teach you to speak the language of the gods. You can be speaking it by tonight and you can speak it all day tomorrow, and it's unbelievably powerful. Go to Sultan's Seven Secrets. So that's Sultan's with an S on the end, seven secrets with an S on the end.com. Sultan's Seven Secrets.com, and you can download the book. I charge two bucks for uh, just kind of a site maintenance fee. We're just trying to keep the site independent. So I'm not pumping too much money into giving the book away for free, but you can go get that book for free. Pay the $2 little processing fee, whatever you want to call it, and download that book. It will be the greatest blessing in your life. It was in mine. So that's the only reason I say it that way. It was the thing that changed my life 180 degrees. And my life has was very hard, depressing, uh, difficult. And as soon as I learned to speak the language of the gods, and I'm serious about this, for the last 28 years, life is a, an architectural uh, process for me. It's a, it's a constant building plans and watching them fall into place. Life is fun, exciting, and rewarding. And the first thing you'll learn is, you know, when you People think, oh, if you could do that, then why wouldn't you have $800 million and four yachts and 18 homes? Because the first question the genie asks is, what is wanted? Want. What do you want? It only says two things. What do you want? And your wish is my command when you tell it in the language it responds to. And the first thing you learn is, oh, you know what? I don't really want. 18 homes to keep track of. I don't want too much. What I want, you, you identify what you really want, what would make you happy. And the first thing I, one of the, well, one of the first things I did is create, I thought a great big home would make me happy. So I built this 10,000 square foot home and made it out of limestone and special brick that came from Kentucky. It was just crazy. But as I got into this, I realized, no, I don't, 
I don't really want this giant home. I want cozy. I want my family around me. And a few years later, seven or eight years later, I build a home exactly half the size because that's what made me feel good. You know, I, I can call out and someone hears me and I can connect with my kids. And But anyway, get the book, start having fun. You were meant to have fun. There's actually a scripture that someone brought that says, man is that he might have a joy. Well, we don't use the word joy much. The word we use that replaces joy is fun. Man is that he might have fun. Man and women, you should be having fun. And if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. But don't worry about that because all of the trouble, all of the heartache, all of the frustration you've filled up to now sets the foundation. You needed some of that. Now you can appreciate the answer and you can start using it in a way where fun is coming from a place of someone who hasn't had fun. So you appreciate it. You don't become spoiled and you don't start using it wrong. And that's important. So any frustration you've experienced, just chalk it up to you needed it. And now you're ready for this. Now you're ready to move to another phase. You learn from bad experience, but you also learn from good experience. And now you've had enough bad it's time to learn from some good and have one more fun. I love that. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Jeff, again, for sharing your story and your experiences and all your insights with us today. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners will too. Thank you, Claudia. Really appreciate it. Take care and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Wired for Success podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a sec to rate and review my show or share it with a friend. That way you can support the show and help me reach and support other entrepreneurs like yourself as well. If you would like my help to figure out how you can go from overwhelmed and overworked hustler to empowered and confident leader, check out my website at www.wiredforsuccess.solutions and book a free 20-minute strategy session with me. Can't wait to help you get wired for success. Until next time, take care. Bye.